Hello and welcome, my name is Coach Pav and today I'm going to be joined by a special guest who has been a, a client and good friend for many years now and we're going to be discussing how you can correctly utilise caffeine for a performance boost in your training and racing. So welcome, uh, Guy. Um, pleasure to to have you with me. Um, we've been working together for four or five years. Is it? <laughs> it's got to be that. It's it's a fair yeah. chunk of time, isn't it? Three or four, I think. Yeah. Three or yeah. four. Three or yeah. four. Three yes. or four years. Yeah. And um, Sin, you do um, some. Well, we've done. So you've done some pretty pretty crazy stuff. And uh, your aspirations of, of race across America, which um, they, you know, unfortunately wasn't this year, it wasn't last year because of COVID, wasn't this year because of uh, nutrition and stuff. But um, why don't you introduce yourself and give us the the top level of who you are? Yeah, thanks, Bath. Yeah, I'm Guy Stapleford. I'm a aspiring, still aspiring, um, ultra distance cyclist. Um, uh, as Pav said, I've done some pretty cool stuff. I started off as a runner. Um, so I've done the normal halves and marathons and I've done the seven days back-to-back ultramarathon run. Um, and then on the bike, yeah, I've done done some, again, pretty interesting things, really. Um, Land's End to John O'Groats in the UK, uh, London Land's End and back again. Um, and just, yeah, lots of fun multi-day rides. And, yeah, the, the goal is Race Across America as a soloist. And as Pav said, yeah, I've struggled with my IBS, and unfortunately that didn't didn't uh, happen this year for me. But I was lucky enough to go and support Simon Potter, who's um who's a great guy and a great cyclist. So, you know, in terms of learning, that was just an amazing experience and put me in good stead for my own race. So, so yeah, and I'm I'm obviously very grateful for Pav, uh, uh, the great coach that he is, a great great guy for helping me get to my goals. So. Yeah, thank you for that. I mean, it's obviously a pleasure to work with you over these years as well, Guy. I think that we've made a, a you know a, a fantastic team and uh, excited for for what the future holds. Especially, you know, um, you'd certainly do like to to put yourself at the at the pinnacle of not just working with other brands, but but also ensuring that you you don't leave any stone unturned. And while I think we'll definitely come back at some point, get you on and talk about IBS and your fueling and and the challenges you've had with that. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about caffeine because um, I think actually you floated the idea of me writing something about caffeine a while back, uh, maybe maybe even a year ago thinking about it. But why don't you talk a little bit about what it was that first brought you to experimenting with caffeine? Absolutely. Um, I think, do you know what it was? We were in COVID times and here in the UK, we were locked down. And you know, no racing, no events were happening, and um, obviously had my eye on Race Across America, and they uh, Race Across America and Full Gas teamed up, and they came up with the idea of doing Race Across America virtually, and that spawned a, a couple of other events. Um, and at the time, I was reading um, Gerard Thomas's book, The World of Cycling According to G, and in there, he said about how he stopped drinking caffeine and coffee um, before the tours. Um, and I thought, hmm, 
that's interesting. And I drink a lot of coffee. I love coffee. Uh, so I thought, well, why not give it a go? And actually, just by testing the idea, proved really beneficial. Um, and I guess we'll come on to that. But but yeah, that was pretty much where the idea came from. Um, because what I didn't want was to be bonking physically and mentally um, by by overloading on caffeine just to get through a 24-hour race. Yeah, absolutely. I got some I got some really bonkers stats here as well. 80% of the world's population consumes a caffeinated product every day. And for adults in North America, that actually shoots up to 90%. And at first when I read that and I I saw that, I was like, that's crazy. People are drinking coffee. And we've got to actually look past the fact that coffee's not the only source of caffeine. Um, <laughs> and it is synthetically added to a lot of foods um namely probably wow. for the ones that children's have right is coca-cola and soft drinks like that isn't it but the natural ones tea coffee cacao then obviously it's used in, in medicines as well so when you think about it like that it's actually fairly easy to to uh, you know see how we do manage to get that but as cyclists though coffee is uh is you know almost uh, a staple isn't it and um that's a ritual you can't it is ride, a ritual. possibly a ritual. ride without a coffee or at exactly. least stop it it, it, that's i think that's the one right isn't it when i think most of us in in terms of our cycling journey do tend to have that group ride or at least maybe not with a club but you know you're probably riding with a few buddies and when you start to do that socially, there's that inevitable stop. And the stop has got to focus around coffee and cake. <laughs> and I think that that's probably where we come from, from this. And, um, you know, I certainly, certainly would love to explore this more. And I'm sure that there are people um, watching, listening uh, and, uh, you know, leave us a comment about whether that's, uh, whether that's commonplace for, for you too. So let's talk a little bit about the biggest challenge with caffeine is that you will build a tolerance to it. That's probably one of the, the biggest challenges. And I have listened to, to G's book you were men mentioning there, but I don't remember what he was talking about, but it's probably the same thing, is that actually what point do you need to start, sort of take the foot off the, off the gas in terms of drinking coffee in order to, to be able to establish your or return to a baseline where you can then see a significant benefit from drinking coffee so talk us through your process there and how you managed to, to to figure that out um well it's entirely unscientific but um i'm fairly sure uh g said two weeks but he may have said three but anyway i do a minimum of two weeks so if i've got any kind of kind of a or b event coming up Two weeks before minimum, I will stop drinking any form of caffeine, drinking, eating. Um, so no coffee, no tea. I will have decaf because I, I do genuinely enjoy coffee. Um, but obviously, I'll just switch decaf, tea and coffee and, and, and probably more just water. Um, and then I, yeah, as I say, so that for that two week period, I'll stop. But in theory, your body flushes the caffeine out of its system in that time. And the reason to do that is then when you do have caffeine during the race, in theory, you're, you've, you've lost some of that intolerance and therefore you get a benefit from having caffeine again in terms of either the mental or, or perceived physical boost. And what's it for you? Is it, do you notice 
when you've done this before, what do you mm. notice in terms of most? Is it the physical boost or is it more the mental uh, mental sort of side of perking up? Especially because I think we've got to remember that your mm. events are obviously on the long scale. So <laughs> for someone who might be doing a short time trial, while the caffeine is going to be really important, I mean, I would be suggesting someone doing a short race the caffeine's probably best in a warm-up to get you prepared and alert for that. But, uh, you know, from your experience, not wanting to put words in your mouth, I can imagine if if you were to have that coffee the first thing, it might not give you the same benefit as you having that coffee late at night, you know, when you're riding through the night and it's pitch black and you feel miserable because you're wet and cold and you've just had a puncture or whatever it is on your (laughs) self-supported nutty journey that you're doing, Guy. (laughs) So what's it for you? Is it the mental side of it? absolutely is that i think i think the meso- the mental sort of breeds the physical in a way and you've described it absolutely right i remember matt one of your other clients and i we went out on a a ride and we started at yeah nine o'clock at night and i'd had a puncture at 4 a.m got really cold changing the tire and it was just my head had gone and we were, i was in a really bad place and anyway we found a mcdonald's and just having that hot, warm coffee just just changed my, my mindset a little bit because, you know, yeah, I'd got warm, but also I'd got all that fogginess that you get at 2, 3, 4 a.m. in the morning when you are awake, when your body really doesn't want to be. I think the caffeine definitely perks you up and, and that breeds a physical change in you as well. I think it's similar for me is I think we've talked about it but you know when you're when you're in riding into a headwind or where you're really hurting the more you smile and the more you you positively position your body that feeds your mentality and and you you carry on so i think yeah for me it's it's definitely mental but it's a treat it as a reward as well like having a nice coffee is a nice thing and it's something to look forward to as well it's definitely a good carrot right when we talk about that yeah it's so i mean you know talking about my experience um mine mine was definitely in you know coca-cola right that's what i look for um and you mentioned matt seward there he's his his obviously isn't caffeinated his little carrots (laughs) is milk isn't it his milk i don't even know how he manages that but it works for him mine was that you know the coca-cola for me was like but it was i i would get to a point especially on like route 66 or seven summits or something where i'd get to the point in the day where i'm like Oh, I've only got an hour until I can have my trusty can of Coke. Or if I, you know, if I if I have a bad moment and it's like, oh, you know, I'm feeling really bad, then I'll have that can of Coke and it per- perks me up. And obviously, there's the sugar, the caffeine involved in that, but there's also the reward. And the reward when you're doing something ultra distance is uh, is crucial to to keeping that mentality. I want to explore because I'm sure people are interested in that detoxing the caffeine out so how many <laughs> cups of coffee or what how much caffeine do you consume on an average day <laughs> uh, oh god um <laughs> thankfully it's not as much as it used to be um because obviously too much is not great for your, for your overall health but i would probably say an average day is three cups a day um i have one strong coffee in the morning and then yeah two one at sort of lunchtime and one towards the end of the day. Um, if I'm riding at the weekends, I'll have a, a, a really strong, short coffee to get me going and then probably one out on the ride as well. Um, 
so yeah that's that's tends to be my normal and then on a detox uh, like you say that i think that's the p- thing that people tend to ask the most is well what does it feel like because you hear horror stories and actually the first time i detoxed it, it wasn't particularly pre- pleasant um i felt like i got cold and actually i found myself getting to about three o'clock in the afternoon certainly in the first sort of three days feeling really tired like get get you know if i was sitting at my desk my eyes would start to close <laughs> which is you know if you're trying to sit in a work meeting um and be professional it's not great um but i i think everyone's different and and the way your body processes caffeine is different so for me i can probably rely on three to four days of feeling groggy uh, and and lethargic and lack of energy but once you get past that it's brilliant you feel great <laughs> your body's just kind of hit this new natural high um and then you kind of think well i could do this forever and then so, you smell coffee and it's right back to drinking again. And then yeah, you don't you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely a a um you've got to wanna to do it because it is a bit of a trudge uh to get through those first probably three days, I, I would say. Yeah, and I think that's interesting because you and I are both the same on that. We're teetotal. Like when I quit caffeine, I quit caffeine. I mean, admittedly, I'm not the same caffeine drinker that I was in my you know early 20s where I would basically go all day drinking coffee until the point where I probably switched to beer to stop the, you know, <laughs> to bring me back down. But now it's, you know, like I sat here, it's 9.20 in the morning on the, on the West Coast of America and I've got my, my second cup of coffee and I'm already kind of like, don't really need to finish that. That's... Uh, you know, I can feel that I'm probably at that point where I'm like, yeah, if I have too much more, I'm probably going to be crashing a little bit later on. But I think, you know, I, I, it'd be interesting again for the for the people listening and stuff like that later to leave us a comment about whether or not they would taper off of caffeine. I think that, I, I, you know, I don't know many too, too many people that would taper off. But ultimately, if you're somebody that does that teetotal and you mm. really can't stand those, the, you know, the few days where you feel like crap. And it is, I think, the same. I think it's a, it's, it's a very cold low-level cold symptoms, if you can't stand that, then tapering off. I mean, certainly it's, um, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's very individual. And the way we process caffeine is, is, is very individual too. You know, you're either a fast metabolizer or a slow metabolizer. People don't tend to sit in the middle. And what we mean by that is if you, if you drink a cup of coffee and you notice an instant spike followed by quite a hard crash later on, you know, you're probably metabolizing that quite fast. But a lot of people can drink coffee all day you know even up until bedtime and go to sleep and we'd suggest that they're probably a slow metabolizer because they're not getting that peak uh, at that peak and that hard trough which is you know either that or they're just so tolerant to it it's un, you know unreal have you ever thought about periodizing your caffeine intake year round caffeine is a crutch isn't it i think when you're uh, when if you're teetotal or you don't drink coffee or you don't have sugar, I think you 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 don't realise it. But when you do drink these things, whether it's alcohol, whether it's coffee or whether it's sugar or fats or whatever thing is, it's a crutch. So coffee tends to be used as a, um, I'm, I'm on a slump, therefore I need, a, I need to be picked back up. Um, so I think most people would probably agree that you're in that mindset of I need it to get through the day 
or start the day or um, pick me up in the afternoon. So uh, have I thought about periodizing there? Yes, but also I do just love coffee. Uh, and do I really want to give it up? Probably not. Like, you know, when my IBS is diagnosed and um, when, you know, Pav, you supported me with my nutrition plan and the help of a nutritionist, you know, the first thing they sort of said was, right, let's let's get rid of the coffee because that is a massive irritant. It was kind of my, um, I'll do everything else you say, but I'm not going to give up the coffee. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I do try and look after my body well enough that the coffee doesn't matter so much. Um, yeah, like I couldn't give it up because I like it and it's a small vice in my life. Um, but I could definitely reduce and I'm definitely prepared to give it up for the bigger benefits tomorrow. Yeah, and I think that's interesting. That's probably, again, a good trade-off there rather than just keeping your caffeine intake kind of level year round. Mm -hmm. Particularly doing the, you know, the number one thing for me is if you, is to do that taper, the caffeine, you know, well, the, the caffeine detox so that you can get the benefit yeah. for your events. That's a small price to pay for a significant improvement but for people wondering what we mean by periodizing your caffeine intake what we can look at there is in the same way we periodize nutrition and you know perhaps if you're doing more base training throughout the winter your nutrition might focus more on a high fat diet um it, you know low intensity base training we can also suggest that actually if you're doing something like that then is a good time to to also reduce or eliminate caffeine because that's going to be where typically you're not going to see performance increases for caffeine because you don't necessarily need to have caffeine to get a, you know a performance boost in intervals and then of course when you move around to sure. doing more high intensity intervals then you know having that caffeine in the warm-up same as i was talking about with short races can mm. be really really you know important and give you a good a good performance boost in terms of increasing that alertness and obviously you know like you said guy being able to dig deep and push through which is what caffeine is uh, you know renowned for in terms of uh, in terms of racing and stuff like mm. that i know i realize I, I i discussed there a kind of very old school training methodology where winter is um low intensity which we don't tend to do anymore mainly because um no don't we don't do no, we, we don't. <laughs> no you get you get the hard work all year round guy <laughs> <laughs> But honestly, I've got all my clients, even even you know, to name drop the the Mark Beaumonts of the world, you know, even him with all of his time, um, uh, we still do some intense training. I, I think that we're probably moving away. Certainly, cycling is moving away from spending considerable periods of time at a low intensity without anything else, just because mm -hmm. you know you tend to get round to the point where you need that high intensity, and um, it's all gone. So you tend to maintain, which obviously means that even periodizing your nutrition, you're probably looking at it on a more minute, uh, you know, micro scale in terms of day to day. And, you know, the days where you do rest, recovery or low intensity, you probably are eating less carbohydrates and you could potentially be drinking less caffeine. And in that way, you're going to build a tolerance a lot slower to caffeine, which in all hope you would then be able to get the benefit from when you have a caffeine gel before a race if you're doing a short race or yeah. a coffee before your intervals and i think that that is uh for, for particularly for our, our non-ultra endurance athletes where 
uh, you know, because your your main focus really isn't on how big your FTP is. Of course, we work on your FTP guy because the higher your FTP, yeah. the higher other thresholds, including you know the, your body's ability to use fat as a fuel, which is the predominantly most important limiter of your performance. But for the majority of people listening to this, are probably thinking along more the lines of you know racing and short distances, grand fondos and sportives, which you know maybe are maximum six seven hours. And there's a few people that do a lot longer, but Actually, for them, you know, there is a very, very big importance around uh, improving stuff like functional threshold power or VO2 max, and therefore actually looking at day to day changes in both nutrition and caffeine intake can reap incredible rewards because you're going to be able to, to see the most important improvements, which is in, in most cases, the ability to be able to sustain a high power in relationship to functional threshold repeatedly with you know, different climbs, depending on whether you're doing something, you know, Alpine or in Europe or, uh, you know, in the UK, which is in and out of the red, you know, because we don't have too many Alpine climbs, do we? They tend to be all 20% brutal, horrible things, but last a few minutes, if that. So I think that for me, the takeaway for you, if you're listening at home is, um, you know, listening or watching at home is look at your caffeine intake. and, And if you are willing to periodize it in terms of reducing it around low intensity training in order to keep it the same or period, you know, even increase it around high intensity training. That's a really good way in, in, in utilizing caffeine for performance in training. And then, you know, as you say, guy, the best thing, the best thing for racing is that, you know, take it out. I think for, for, again, for people that haven't tried this at home, the number one thing for me is to not leave it until the race event itself to test this out because two weeks might not be enough. Personally, from my experience as a coach, two to three weeks is probably enough, but I still wouldn't have an athlete do it before their big A event. I would be using a C event, even a testing week, you know, an easy week where, you know, you're going to have a, an FTP test or some, some form of test in it. Don't drink caffeine in that block before. You know, I know that's a, a pain in the bum being for three or four weeks, but if you can, you know, see uh, increase alertness in the FTP test by having a coffee right before that, if you see significant improvements in subjective feel of that and performance, then you know that that's the right amount of time for you. So that's how I would I would I would take that away. But wrapping this up, I think, guy, because we're pretty pretty much there. I guess I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. What would you say would be your top tips for 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 detoxing? I think everybody's going to want to know that because I think that's the that's the grey area, right? That's the horrible part that people don't want i mean apart aside from not being able to start your day with a coffee which you rightly said or you know having that crux in terms of a three o'clock pick-me-up the biggest challenge is actually i don't want to feel crappy for that time so what do you do what's your top tips for detoxing caffeine out of your body as effectively as possible i think there's two tips really i suppose one is finding an alternative that you really enjoy to your your caffeinated food or drink so I tend to move to just decaf alternatives. So I'll have decaf coffee um, or red bush um, or really just trying to increase my water intake and use it as a good opportunity to try and reinforce some of those good habits. Um, and then my second tip is uh, just accept that focus on getting good quality sleep, being kind of active and, and, and healthy and, and moving your body and putting good nutrition in it. Um, because I think that will just really set you up um, to to kind of get over it quicker. Um, 
so yeah, find an alternative and, and just generally try and be as absolutely happy as possible and reinforce all of that good stuff that um, your coach will tell you you need to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you cut out a little bit, but it was the be mindful that I think we missed there. And I think that that's a really important point for me. Be really mindful around exactly what you're putting in your body, but mm-hmm. also be mindful around why you're doing this. Because if you can keep that a focus off of missing caffeine and onto smashing your event, uh, your race or whatever, that's going to make it an awful lot easier. Because we tend to, we do tend to focus on the right, you know, the what we're missing rather than what we're gaining. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah. that is uh, that is very important. So thank you. I think they're perfect top tips, guy, and I really appreciate. Uh, it. No, no, no. I think yours is better actually, and I think I think you're right. It, we, we, you know, you're doing it for a really good reason either you want to win or you want to smash what you're doing so actually you know it's that just that simple mindset change of reminding yourself why you're doing it yeah you're not exactly it's the whole reason why we're training right at the end of the day there's most of us not to say that we would rather spend the time of training or riding on the bike doing something else but you know we all give up a lot we all sacrifice and you know eat the right foods we cut out some of the stuff we love like alcohol and you know we're talking about caffeine now we all do it I think the main thing is is to just eke out every little percent that you can get. And I think that this one, even if you don't periodize your caffeine intake and all you do is taper off of it before your event, I think actually is is huge. Um, so again, thank you so much mm. for coming on, Guy. I think just to invite them to uh, to maybe comment or reach out, um, you know, what's your Instagram? Mm. Tell them what's your Instagram. It is Guy Stapleford underscore ultra. Um which is really unoriginal but yeah absolutely i mean uh, you know pav Pav and i we we love discussing these things so yeah ask away if you've got questions comment on pav's um youtube or or, yeah reach out absolutely so yeah i'm 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 at pav brian and you know reach out to both us tag us tell us we're idiots if you don't if you're not gonna (laughs) if you can't give up caffeine that much but leave us a comment or a question (laughs) enjoy our community our forum we've got a great uh community now um uh, just community.coachpav.com we will post and talk about this no doubt within there for anybody watching that wants more information particularly the links to some of the studies that i i po- uh, we've talked about or briefly touched upon or the blog that inspired this video or podcast episode head to coachpav.com and just go to blog and then obviously you can just search for caffeine it'll come up once again guy thank you so much for joining uh, pleasure Pav. thanks for inviting me on